Welcome back to the TV Talk Machine Podcast. I'm Jason Snell, and across the internet for me, your host, chief TV critic at The Hollywood Reporter, Mr. Tim Goodman. Hi, Tim. Hello, Jason. Good to be back. Oh, yeah. We're going to jump into it. We got stuff. We got critics' notebooks. You you, you threw two <laughs> notebooks on the fire in the last week. You had two of them turned in, uh, including, very exciting, the latest in your uh things i uh <laughs> learned that i never knew before but television was there and it and it's about television and here they are in numerical uh, order in numerical order in no particular numerical order because uh, yeah. the hollywood reporter doesn't know what to call it so it's called critics notebook <laughs> what's on my mind about tv right now right which was not my headline which was hilarious A I, I wish headline. we we could settle on something it would be good yeah well it hasn't happened yet but yeah. but it was you, you did have eleven observations. This uh, this is the one of those uh, kind of like uh, <laughs> refusing to stop at ten. <laughs> it's like your your Bruce Jenkins three dot lounge. It's your uh, Larry King column. Mm-hmm. It's the your Herb Kane kind of sort of not really. It's not one of those. It's a it's a grab bag. It's um, a grab bag, and a lot of the stuff that is stuff that we talked about. But I mean, you mentioned um, the rebooting old series thing as a trend and we got we got more of more of that with the idea that that apparently diane english is bringing back candace bergen to do more murphy brown which is just like (laughs) that was the show that was on in the dorm when i was in college that's how long it's been and since that show was on they're they're even rebooting charmed yeah yeah oh i saw a nice bit of snark where um one of the actresses who was on charmed uh was asked like oh we're doing a feminist reboot of charmed and she said um was ours not? It's <laughs> kind of offended by that. Yeah, I know. It's just crazy. So, but what you say is like, you get it, right? It's like mm-hmm. network TV trying to provide comfort, things that are recognizable. We t- we've been talking about this for ages, about just network TV wanting to do like brands, like TV shows and stuff and bringing them back or or, or, or like famous movie titles and you, you bring them back and turn it into a show. And that, this is just con- continuing that trend. Yeah, I'm nothing wrong with it. It's not something I'm totally into. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, a lot of people really like uh, what Netflix has done with um, One Day at a Time, right? So, you, you know, and a lot of people kind of are thinking that if you can do multi-camera stuff uh, like Will and Grace, well done. Why not do it? I mean, it, can, it repeats well and makes money. Sure, uh, but creatively, it's not fascinating at all to me. As I said, I would rather just see. The, the good place again give me that again give me a better version of that or not like not a better version of that particularly but like give a creator with a with a brain who wants to create something new a chance to create something new right right which Period. doesn't mean that the the comfort food the bringing back the old stuff isn't uh, a, a valid strategy it's just like it's a lot less interesting I, mean, I am i'm murphy brown it's been so long and it is so not part of any kind of zeitgeist of any kind like of any kind that i i have to think that they have some sort of idea that they're convinced is going to be a good idea and i could see how a a show about like journalists and television news could be used as a vehicle to talk about topical things today. Yeah, it's possible. At the same time, Diane English seems to have done nothing in the last 20 years except write and direct a single feature film like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that maybe, maybe it's not her fault and the industry hasn't been interested or maybe she's not found a project that she was interested in. She could just have her big Murphy Brown money and, and be fine with it. But uh, I, I do fear that it's going to be people who have not uh, done a lot of work in television kind of waltzing right back into the room and saying, okay, look, now let me, <laughs> we'll educate you on what's going on here. <laughs> right. You're so lucky to have us back. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I fear that show will be. But who knows? Whatever. It's, it's, it's possible. Just, it's, it's, it's strange. I also... Um, at some point I want to kind of, uh, th- you got to make the argument, w- is it better to reuse a premise and a brand that's familiar or to, or to bring back, like do a reunion kind of thing? Like, would there be a modern take on Murphy Brown that would be more interesting than I think bring, so. bringing back mm-hmm. Candace Bergen? I mean, that's how I felt about the X-Files. I feel like the X-Files is such a great idea that they could have done a new X-Files and instead they just, you know, carting out a couple of tired seasons with the old cast and the old production team. And I mean, I'm not saying Hawaii Five O is like the greatest show ever made on CBS, but they did just do a new Hawaii Five O, and it seems to have been very successful commercially. So maybe I don't know. It feels yeah, I think maybe that's, better. 
I mean, that's, uh, yeah. Anytime you, I mean, like what? So there's a few of them that stand out. Battlestar Galactica probably being one of the better ones. Right, which was, again, a complete kind of reimagining based on the component parts. And you find somebody to, to do that. That, like, that, that, that can work, I think. Yeah, I think I think doing the, uh, like a reimagining rather than a reboot is better. But I think these networks are for the most part just saying it's the show you used to like yeah. watch millions of you. Please come back. Yeah, that's and, what that is. And uh, I I think when you said multi camera sitcom, I I, I kind of I think that's the right place for it. Like the idea that you're essentially. Um, you're watching that reunion, you're watching the, these people and actors that you're f- familiar with, you're comfortable with, and it's almost like, a, you know, coming back to Broadway, the original cast for, who played it 20 years ago and only for a few weeks. And it's that, like, I, I, I guess I can see that. But I don't know. Um, I, you know, the UK has been doing, you know, reunion Christmas specials forever. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe there's nothing wrong with this at all, as long as that everybody has agreed that they're going to keep the number down. Like, you know, we're going to do eight or 12 Will and Graces or, you know, 10 X-Files episodes or whatever it is instead of, nope, we're coming back. We're just going to dive in because nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody wants that. Nobody wants a bunch of extra episodes. Yeah, no. Come not, on, not man. Anymore. Not anymore. Uh, one of your uh, items in that column is about Counterpart, which is now uh, has now aired its first episode on Stars, uh, which I got to watch. I watched it again with my wife, and I, yes, I, you know, uh-huh. I really like that show. It's a good show. I, I watched it again last night with the GF, and it was really good. It was like, whoa, that is something else, yeah. man. And I think it's something that will work for people who, I, and I think this is the trick. Like, if you can come up with a sci-fi or fantasy premise that is that'll just slide in enough that you it will work for people who don't normally go for the sci-fi or fantasy premise like if you can do that 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 alchemy you know just right you can end up with a show that has that element but that that a a a a regular viewer who's not into that stuff will still uh, accept and i think uh game of thrones uh has done that with like the fact that there was very little magic especially at the beginning i think that helped um lost was really great at that of like being a character drama first and then the weird stuff happened later and i think Mm -hmm. counterparts like that too where it's clear from the first episode that it's it's a show about parallel universes but it's uh you know the way it approaches it is is like taking it seriously and and uh the mood is really great like the gray spies and germany it's it's so it's so fun yeah i mean there's there's a lot going on there i just i people just get on it people start watching yeah, it's uh, so trying to understand premium cable channels is another thing that you mentioned in here. So it's like you know, stars. What's that going to be? Showtime. What is it trying to do? Um, and this is it's funny because we we I, I hear from a lot of people about like we mentioned all these streaming services and they're like, oh, another streaming service. But it's like, how many premium cable channels are there? Premium cable channels are streaming services at this point, yeah. right? I mean, they're yeah. basically interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Like Netflix, you you have to pay extra to get access to their content, whether it's HBO or Showtime or Stars or Netflix or Amazon Prime or you know Acorn or BritBox or whatever. They're all of a kind, and so they're trying to stake out territory of like, who are we? Why would why do you want to give us your money? Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, show where's Showtime now? Showtime is like I ha- like the thing I wrote about them is that I they just yeah, instead of being mad at them that they're not you know what I mean it's just I just realized that <clears throat> they're not making shows that I'm that interested in I like Smilf and I loved Gorilla which was a co-pro with the BBC or Channel Four I can't remember but somebody from Britain um, but I just don't like the Showtime um, philosophy which is to take shows like uh, Shameless Homeland Homeland and Ray Donovan and run them into the ground season after season uh, but if there's a diehard audience that wants that sure great that's not how, what i want to see i want a new series and i want something that's vibrant and that doesn't stay around for a long time and get old um because that's not what television is like to me i, I feel like if i was watching and i and i mo- note that i loved all those series at one point or the other i wrote very positive reviews of all three of those series <clears throat> but at some point if you're watching a series that's been around for a long time how can you not feel like looking to the like looks like looking out the side of your car window and you know that other things or lots of your window other things there's like other things going around in life that are happening that are more interesting so like you like take a peek over at netflix and say oh 
wow, they've got like what five new shows? What what are those about? Like, I don't understand how someone just drives something into the ground week after week. But that's just me. That's just my how I watch TV. I don't think I could end up watching like, um, for, for, you know, I, I can't watch uh, Grey's Anatomy for fourteen years. Right. Sure. Okay. That's the, is this show still on phenomenon that we yeah, have in our exactly. house every now and then? Exactly. Like, is it really? That's still on? I can't believe it, but mm-hmm. it is. Um, you mentioned Apple in this piece, and I, I guess there's a piece of news that we should pass on since we've been talking about this and following, which is Apple made another one of those content deals. They don't have a service. They haven't announced anything yet, but they did buy uh, a new series that will be entirely written and directed by Damien Chazelle, who did La La Land. Now, he already made a deal with Netflix to make an eight-episode musical series that he's going to write and direct the first two episodes but with this Apple deal, he's going to write and direct the whole thing. Apple has no answers about how long it will be, uh, what it's about, when it's set. It Nothing is known other than that they've closed that deal. So it's another another deal for apple as we as we track that and you know they're apparently bidding with hbo for a uh, sci-fi drama from jj abrams mm-hmm. it's nice to see them going you know they've 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 made a few sci-fi buys and then they've made the two buys from reese reese witherspoon um I like to see some more uh, diversification of content here. So Damien Chazelle, it's like a totally other, like, all right, now there's the La La Land guy is going to do a thing. Like, all right, yeah. just put it in the mix. So there it is. Yeah, I, it's it's really interesting because you and I, uh, it's so funny because, like, I, I, I actually have gone back and looked at um, the content that's been written about Apple. And uh, between our podcast and me writing about Apple in the early days, People were just like, mm, yeah. we were way ahead of, of like talking about it, and then we were like, people were like, yeah, they might get involved, and they're going to dip their toe into it, and we're like, no, they're going to actually spend, they're going to have to spend lots of money, you know, in this, and it's like, I think that one of the things I wrote here is that they're super aggressive. They, you know, they obviously they beat out HBO for uh, the other uh, Witherspoon morning. Uh, uh, show drama that's as yet untitled and will come out somewhere they're spending money and they're going after big names exactly like we said they would they're they're having to fork out these deals where they do one or two seasons and they haven't even seen a pilot they just kind of have to do that it's kind of all falling into place which is why one of the last things i wrote in this notes column number 11 is uh uh raise your hand if you think apple is going to spend more than the reported billion it said it would on content in 2018 yeah, I, I saw, it's, been, it's been a lot. I saw a uh, I saw another report that you know who knows how serious it is that that like said by 2022 they'll be spending four billion or something like that. And it's like yeah, mm. I mean, I, I think it's got to be right. <laughs> like, right? They're not. Well, it's have... it's funny because like I, I can't find a single quote that's actually from an Apple person like Eddie Q or someone that says we are spending this much. Oh no, no. There's only like the wall street journal reported that that was the figure. Yeah. And we all kind of have taken it as read that at the very least, the wall street journal said it's a billion dollars, but that's it. That's all. And and that's the root report. I haven't seen another report that has confirmed that, although they may exist, but that was the initial report was wall street journal. Yeah. Um, And that's it. and Lacey Rose from THR, uh, she knows she's been covering that story for a long time, and she was <clears throat> doing some deep background with these guys for a for a separate separate story about uh, Hulu, and she had reported um, that it was that was that the million that the billion was the the number as well, um, right about right, that same time. So yeah, and so it's like, I, but it's so funny because. You look at, like, what it actually takes to survive and who they're going up against. Like, if you're going to go out and hunt some bear, you know, don't bring a BB gun. And so it's like, (laughs) you and I were talking about this for a long time. I don't think it's, I think it's, it's not like they're hard and fast. They can only spend a billion or like there's some kind of spending, like salary cap, right? (laughs) Like the giants are up against this salary (laughs) cap for the miners. Right, exactly. Apple is not like, oh man, we really, really want that. Oh my God, that would be so great to get Jordan Peele, his show. But oh, we're so close to a billion right now. We can't offer him anything. What kind of thinking is that? They can spend whatever they want. I I hate when reporting does that. 
Right. I mean, this is the it's it's a the billion dollars is presumably an artificial thing or it's even just a ballpark figure of like yes, look exactly. you know guys how about a billion just uh, make a bill that'll be our that'll be your launch budget is a billion but yeah if they come back to them and say well here's our you know and, and well actually the biggest thing is what's the five-year plan because they probably are not told told go spend a billion they're probably told here's your budget for the next five years here's what we're thinking shoot you know think about this as you go because just like you made the baseball analogy like it's not just what you're spending this year it's like what are you signing up for (laughs) what are you going to renew what are you going to give a two-season deal to where you're going to spread out the uh because you're spending for multiple years you're not just spending one time and then walking away right exactly Hmm. But they are becoming, as we had, we wondered at some point after you and I did, I did, we did the podcast. I did a column. We we revisited it a second time. We talked more about it, and we were both saying like, yeah, they're gonna like, we're waiting for them to start busting out, and not long after that, they they started to, and so you start to see these <clears throat> these deals increasing. Uh, they're coming a little more fast and furious right now. Yep, it's gonna keep on happening too. Mm-hmm. Nobody be surprised. Um, you also wrote in more depth about Hulu and what is to become of Hulu after the Disney Fox deal. What, what do you think? What, what what are the options there? Well, that was, you know, that was one I wanted to get back because there's so much to this deal. <clears throat> you know, I started, I started with the Fox network part of it. Uh, and then and then looked at the Hulu aspect of it because they're still, you know, obviously it hasn't even been approved yet. Um, but you know, again, this is something that you and I have always been interested in with Hulu and like how it's gonna how it's gonna work out. So I wanted to take a bigger <clears throat> look at it and see if there had been any conversations about what uh, Disney was gonna do. There's and there has been. I think on the on the business side of it, uh, a lot of the business uh, uh, trades and stuff. Not a lot of them, but the ones that do. Uh, ha- you know, had a quote from Iger saying that there, that that. It's still a little bit veiled, but he was talking about how uh, Hulu could be a spot for, you know, like it makes more sense for the FX content to go there. And I think that led to speculation that that's where you could park some of the edgier, the edgier fare. If you wanted to keep the 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 Disney branded movie uh, and TV streaming platform that's coming in 2019, if you wanted to keep that clear of R-rated content or MA TV-rated content, you would have Hulu as the option to do it. But um, I, th- I think there's compelling reasons. That, I mean, they could sell it. I, I-, I could imagine making-, making a ton of money selling it to Comcast, uh, certainly to Apple. That's a possibility. Um, you know, I-, I think this the whole BAMTech stuff is really the timing of that and the fact that, uh, you know, in August... Uh, Disney upped its stake as they knew they were, and they own seventy five percent of that now. Yeah. They're they're going to build these two, the ESPN uh, streaming service and the Disney streaming service. They're going to build that on the BAM Tech technology. Um, I don't think that they would break down the Hulu technology to re like. I, don't, I mean, you're the tech guy. Would they do that? It sounds like it's. Well, it more depends. Work than needed, it it right? depends on what Hulu's using, right? Like, is Hulu right. using, uh, you know, various CDNs, uh, which are sorry, that's jargon content delivery network. That's computer industry jargon, not TV industry jargon. Um, I actually wrote a piece on MacWorld this week about all the steps. Uh, see, hey, look, cross promotion. Uh, you, you and I mm-hmm. are crossing uh, columns are. here mm-hmm. about the steps that. Apple needs to take to launch their streaming service. And it includes the question of the content delivery network um, because BAMTech, you know, has, has this great, uh, this great reputation. And then somebody pointed out to me that the college football playoff on ESPN that was on a live stream that was presumably served by BAMTech and it had lots of problems because um, live is different. So um, mostly if you're doing a streaming service, you you basically set up big servers in lots of different locations all over the country or world on the network so that um, depending on where you are, you're hitting a different server. There isn't like one computer that's sitting somewhere and everybody who wants to watch Game of Thrones connects right. to it and downloads sure. from it. Like that's not physically possible. Uh, and that's why live sports is actually much harder to stream than pre-recorded stuff because they what they do is they preload that show on all of their servers and then at the moment it's supposed to go live they flip the switch and then it's live and whereas if you're uh, doing a live event you have to relay that information and and there can be more hiccups so my question one is is hulu using 
using something like BAMTech? Is Hulu using something like Akamai as their, you know, are they using a collection? Like CBS, my understanding of CBS All Access is using a collection of different CDNs to do it. And that's super in the weeds, but it is a question of like, we don't know looking at the front end what is powering Hulu necessarily. Right. And that could make the difference. Like they, it, it might be this thing that's cobbled together and Disney look at looks at it and says, well, its streaming infrastructure has no value to us. It's just its content and its subscriber list. Mm-hmm. And that's different than if they're like, oh, no, actually, you know, it's got the whole package and we've du- this is duplicating what we've already got. So either we want to get rid of it or we want to cut that part off and just use our other tech. And I don't know the answer to that question. Um, it, it's it, it's one I wonder about is like, you know, is Hulu Hulu streaming tech one of its assets or is it really not about the streaming tech and it's just it, it hasn't built the fact that we haven't heard about it suggests to me that it hasn't really built up its own tech there and it's using somebody else's right uh, and, it, and it does have a, a live component now so you can watch live well, right sports and how's that yeah. and that's that's you know with their with their whole over the top uh streaming that's like that's actually super hard technically and they are doing that that's a great point so that mm-hmm. may be the case that that uh and that might factor into Disney's calculations here too. Is does Disney ultimately want to want to be in the over the top streaming, you know, cable replacement business or not? Because Hulu's in that business at least right now. They could get mm-hmm. them out of that, I suppose, if they wanted to. But that's a pretty impressive bit of technology that they've implemented that only a handful of services are doing right now. Yeah, and I, it's funny because I'm not interested in that because I don't watch. I'm not. You know, I have cut the cords to the point where I'm not going to watch live right. live sports on Hulu or or Facebook or wherever I'm, they're they're going to offer it. I'm just never going to ever watch a game on one of those things. Um, so yeah, I haven't actually experienced it to know whether it's glitchy or not. But I can't imagine that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I could I could be wrong, and this is very you know I'm going to put an asterisk next to this opinion, saying it's very premature as far as like not having experience. But you know, is the future of these streaming services um, is a major component of whether people buy on or not, whether they can see live TV? I don't I don't know if that is or not, or if people are going to patch it together with like the, their basic cable prescriptions or subscriptions and then skinny bundles. That's a you know that gets a little bit in the weeds too, but. Um, I I am looking at uh, bundles and, and streaming services and whether I'm going to subscribe or not based solely on their scripted content. I don't really care about live. Right. Right. It'll be a separate. I feel like the the live stuff is a separate issue. Like I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm paying for CBS All Access for Star Trek Discovery, and they have a whole like live streaming thing, and just I just don't care because I've got I, I haven't cut the cord. But if you're a cord cutter, then that, there's a whole other set of things you need to shop for. Um, yeah. yeah, and you, you know, and when I was putting this together, one of the things that at the it's not very long. You know, it's a little bit complicated. It's not very long. I was a little annoyed that they had made some some stylistic edits, but that's a that's a whole. That's a whole other story. But one of the things that that came down to like trying to figure out and trying to do a little analyticals about like whether this is going to be something that they spin off and because, you know, they can't sell anything until they actually get through and then they own it for a little bit or whatever. But one valid reason for whether they keep it or not, you really have to try to figure out does you know, there's a reputation for Disney as being like, oh, we don't want you know, R-rated content or all that stuff. But they're not... They've done it before. So that's the weird thing. It's like the only reason that they would actually need um, Hulu is if they really want to put a partition up between content. Um, and uh, stuff, a lot of stuff that they got from the, the 20th century deal where they're getting films from them, a lot of those films are certainly going to be um, a little bit more off-brand, should I should say, content-wise, than the than the Disney and right. uh, Star Wars and 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 Marvel. Like what 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 I looked and Marvel has like what less than a handful of shows that, and and they're the smaller uh, offerings that that get um, uh, anything that's more than a PG thirteen. The vast majority of them are PG thirteen. So. Yeah. Right. I mean, only the only movies that they've done that aren't are Deadpool and Logan, I want to say. And the shows, like the Netflix shows are TVMA. And that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so, and, and obviously the uh, uh, FX, the network, in which will, I think, that's maybe the third column I'm going to eventually do. Uh, where does Netflix fit in this Disney world? I'm sorry, uh, FX fit in this Disney world. 
and I put in a little note in the current one where I said, <laughs> I would like to see what they can do with more money mm-hmm. because I, I think that's what John, John Landgraf is thinking. He's like, huh. I think there's somebody who could write me a bigger check. So now what can I do when I own – he's really had to curate uh, FX to, 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 to be – the reason it's great is that he, they can't just spend a lot of money in the world. Um, and by the way, if, if a little insight into Landgraf's sensibility. Landgraf is the one uh, who told me this great quote about um, Battlestar Galactica, which we talked about earlier. Um, I had asked him about it back when it was on. And I, I loved it. And uh, he said, yeah, if they had a million more dollars an episode, it would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> because they, because their, their budget made them be more creative. You know? And I think in some sense, that's true of FX. So let's see what happens when they get more Disney mm. money. But you, know, you have to think about, like, you know, but I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about Disney's corporate mentality other than what I hear, which is partly, and what I read, which we don't know. Anybody knows if that's true or not. But right. does, does it make sense? Like, I, I don't, I can't imagine that someone is so Mike penced out at Disney that they're like, oh, we can't have, we can't be in the room with women. We can't be in the room with an R-rated movie. I, I find that really hard to believe in 2018 well, or Dis- 2019. Disney cannot operate a modern entertainment empire and only deal in children's programming, right? right. Or at least family-friendly programming. Right. They, they mm-hmm. need to. They need to have a broader set. So, and I get like the Disney brand is is different. This, the Disney brand is a family acceptable brand. That is. That's mm-hmm. why they created what Touchstone Pictures in the eighties was. They wanted mm-hmm. to do some things that were not family movies. And how would they do that? So uh, whether it's I, for me, the the great mystery is what is the non ESPN service, and is that a family friendly service? Which yeah. I think it might be with. With Star Wars and Marvel, that they mm-hmm. might pitch that as a family-friendly service, that it's not just kids programming, but it is maybe even a Disney-branded thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the, if that's the case, then I feel like there's some other product that, whether it's Hulu or something else, that they have to do because they're going to own FX, right? Like whether yeah. whether they just create a new thing that's basically the FX or Fox branded thing that is something that's not branded Disney owned by Disney not branded Disney or whether it is like we've theorized here saying that eh, Hulu, Hulu works for us we're going to put our stuff on Hulu and we're going to drive into Hulu for the um for the more adult content um that either way but that that comes down to how many services they want to try to create here because the other way to do it is just to say look we're going to do ESPN and we're going to do a new service that's got a name that isn't just Disney and it's going to span children's all the way up to stuff for adults and it's all in one place um they could do either one it's just a question of which one they think is going to be be a better business move for them yeah it's a couple of answers that are still unsure i was like i mean i i I would bet that they're going to brand it disney the one in 2019 uh because the other one's under the espn banner but you know if they don't they could do that or they could just have a change of heart they're like we in 2019 they could say we we uh, trust you to follow the actual ratings that are in front of you and not make a, a moral decision about us as a company. Um, and that means that we have a lot of stuff from the 20th Century Fox that are R-rated movies with a lot of violence and sex in them that we will be available to stream on this service if you want it. Now, if they can't do that, then they keep net, then they keep Hulu. If, they, if they're open to you know people making the decision on their own, then they don't need Hulu. That's, right. that's the bottom line. Boy, going to be a fun story this whole year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah? good times. Good stuff. Want to do some letters? Yes, let's do that. We are about the half hour hour mark of time for letters. Um, So Parker in the 818 wrote in to say, sad spies, brilliant. I love Patriot, (laughs) but didn't watch initially because of the title. I think it sunk the show. Can you think of others where the title may have killed it? Terriers comes to mind. I don't. Uh, oh yeah. Terriers. I think obscure titles are always hard. I think you know. I think counterpart is a little more clever, especially if you know the premise. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know. I'm mean, Patriot. For me, Patriot sounded like a show that was not the show that it was. Like almost like it was an ironic title, kind of. Kind yes, of I think not. that's. Yeah, I think they were trying for for irony and but totally missed it. I just don't. Yeah, they totally missed it. Yeah, it's too bad. So. Uh, any? Can you think of any other like a, a show that got uh, mistitled and that that everybody you know blew past it? 
Oh man, that is because you know we've talked about uh, at least for a long time on the on the network front because there's always something that we would get this stuff at, at TCA and they'd say, well, it's a working title. And the reason it was a working title is because they they all want it to be like one thing, um, you know, SF General. Or right, Chicago Fire. You know? Right, exactly. And then they're like, "Oh, that was taken." So, because they don't, they don't think broadly, um, and they want easily identifiable things that don't be like a blob, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like naming your company Tronk, <laughs> for right? example. Yeah, for example. Um, and look what good that's done them. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know if there's if there's one that springs to mind other than Terriers for the one that really. Well, I'll, really I'll say does that. something that didn't it didn't kill it, but it definitely threw up a roadblock in everybody's face. And there's so many people who say this story about how they didn't take the show seriously because of the title. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Oh, yes. Right, it's right Which, there. It, it was just sitting right there. Seven years it worked. It's, it's a classic. But yeah. if they had given that a title that was maybe just a little toned down yeah. and intriguing, it it, it, you know, maybe more people would have tuned in. It was fine. It, it, it worked out. But that's an example of a show where everybody's like, yeah, well, maybe we we shouldn't have done that. That is a, that is actually a, a very good point. A very good, but and Patriot is is like bland. And I think yeah. it's 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 given the status of this country in in 20. Uh, well, it came out in, you know, 2017. 2017 it's yeah. just it's it, we were right at that point where it was like all that kind of stuff. Patriot Act and all the things like that. It's just it didn't do it any favors. So, yeah, I'm sure there are other good examples out there, but a lot of them we've forgotten. Right. Because yeah. they sunk beneath the sea, even though they were even though they were good. Um, and I and I think that sometimes I mean, just as an aside to that topic, you can you can have. Uh, you can have a series that are probably too long, you know, like, uh, you, you know, there's uh, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dream. I mean, it's just <laughs> called it Electric Dreams, but they, of course they want Philip K. Dick to be in the title. Uh, and then and then what's the the one that we I, I really liked? Uh, See, so, yeah, what's the one they've canceled now? The, um, uh, the Detective Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Oh, yeah, That's right. too long. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's the and art, it doesn't make any sense. It's the art of it reminds me of my days doing magazine covers where, you know, it is it is marketing, but it also needs to represent what's inside properly. Because first off, without a good title, nobody's going to watch it. But with a good title, they get, if they watch it and it's not what it says on the label, they're going to feel ripped off. So you mm. got to you got to walk that line. And it's a tough yeah. one. And I think Patriot. Yeah, maybe. in a, I get what they were going for there, but it just that's not what the show is. And it missed. It does, doesn't sell the show. Right. It's a good show. Um, in yep. fact, uh, Dan, uh, from the uh, newly moved from the 615 to the 925, listener Dan, our friend, I've talked to Dan a little bit, and you know, he's here. He, 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 he moved from the, the center of our nation to the Bay Area where you and Yay. I live. And he says, thanks for mentioning Patriot. Holy crap, it's great. <laughs> Um, he says, will the resident be anything fresh? I love several members of the cast, so I'm hoping for more than just another network medical procedural. Well, the reviews <laughs> I've read have said it is not just another me- network m- medical procedural. It is literally every network medical procedural ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Oh. And that's, and that, and you know, that the resident was one of the ones that helped spawn my column, my critics notebook about the changing role of the critic. I just saw that. And I was like, oh, I could never just, just, I'd rather just shoot myself than do that. God. All right. Here's one from our friend, uh, my Vogon poetry, the MVP from the seven one six says loving counterpart. It is well acted and intelligent. Why do quality programs like this generally not find larger audiences? Is it just too hard to find them or too much work? If Sad Spies were on CBS, would it be a hit? <laughs> no, Sad Spies would not be a hit on CBS because they it's 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 no. Look up the ratings for Easy Streets and you'll yeah. see what the ratings for Sad Spies would have been on. Yeah. On Although CBS. that that's so long ago it probably it probably sucked and got seven million people. Yeah, well, that's and, that's true. Yeah. Its ratings were probably disastrous and it would be the number one show on TV now. That's probably yeah. true. But yeah. no, I I think it's it's A, I don't think everybody who does these um 
uh, well, you know, that's on Amazon, and I, I don't think they're not in the ratings business, so it doesn't really matter. It's in they're in the they're in the subscription business, so they have to have you have to have enough shows that make you want to get a subscription for it. So they're it's not about ratings, so they can make more complicated series. But yes, the point about how hard it is to find it is absolutely true because that I think. Patriot, or um, which is clearly a better title, is Sad Spies. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jason, you should call them and say, I you know, know what? Right? It's not too late to so call it Sad Spies. Patriot um, season two, Sad Spies. Sad Spies. That's even better, right? That's that's even better. Uh, you know, and who knows with what's going on at, at Amazon whether it'll get past a second season, but right. I, I hope it does. But um, you know, it just. It, the, these standing out in this field is so insanely hard. It's uh, you know it's these it, uh, getting lost in the peak TV thing is is like the number one issue right now in, in television. It's just it just really is. So I don't know. Yeah, it's um, it, it's funny. I was going to say speaking kind of apropos of nothing, but just since we're talking about it being on Amazon, I'm in um a little bit of an Amazon thing now where I've been watching, I've been watching way more Amazon than Netflix lately, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is, and it only takes a couple of shows, right? It only takes a couple of shows for you to be like, so we watch Mrs. Maisel and we watch Sad Spies and we are, we haven't for a little bit, but we're about to go back to like Red Oaks and Mozart in the Jungle and watch the little comedy block. Like there's been a bunch of stuff we've been watching on Amazon. And so I've had that moment of, of like, wait a second, like, why am I paying for Netflix now? And and then, you know, then I watch the end of the fixing world on Netflix. <laughs> right. So, and then I'm back in on Netflix too. So well, and don't forget that like, sneaky Pete is a pretty good series too. And that's sitting on, on, on Amazon. Yeah, great title. Hey, great nice. title. See, there's a great title. And you know what? The, my point that I didn't get to, and I forgot because I spaced myself out, was like you know the MVP's point about how hard things are to find. I think that Patriot is the poster child for like the one series where I think I can accurately point to that show and say, okay. And, and I'm not pointing fingers at other critics because we're all swamped and we all now we all do different things. But I would say that is a series where maybe the first or first couple of episodes didn't hook people. Uh, and then they probably didn't go back to it. I, I would say that the percentage of critics who watched that show and didn't like it, but then wa- but watched all of it to see if it changed their mind would be infinitesimal. Hmm. So I think that if, if you don't have people jumping on the, the bandwagon and then sustaining it, it's harder for people in the gen pop to say, oh, everybody's talking about Patriot, so I should watch it. That, that, just, that just didn't happen. And... Um, you know, so it so it slips through the cracks. That's what? that's the point. In my little social circle, everybody's talking about Patriot now, but it's because of you talking about it and us talking about it and people listening to this podcast starting to like tweet about it and tell their friends about it and go on their podcasts and talk about it and we created a little bubble for Patriot which is great right like that's that's great that it that here what a year and a half after the pilot got posted mm-hmm. on Amazon pilot season <laughs> people are like b- like bubbling up and talking about this show that otherwise you know maybe just comes and goes it's great and every little bit helps I'm I'm glad it already got renewed because I've heard from a lot of people when you recommend shows and it's a first season, they're like, well, if it hasn't been renewed yet, I'm going to even watch it. I'm just going to let it go. And it's like, I'm very happy with Patriot season one. Even if there hadn't been a season two, I would have been okay with it, but I'm glad there is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, you know, how, 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 what about, I mean, it seems like they're not going to do this anymore, but Amazon posting pilots, one of the problems with it is if you're a TV critic, you know, I know a lot of TV critics wrote about those pilots and then the shows that get picked up, they come back and, I don't know. Are you super? If, if the pilot bounced off of you, are you super motivated to really revisit it now that it's a series, yeah. or do you just say, "Look, I already wrote about the pilot. Let's move on," and you you may miss out that way. It seems like it seems like that was maybe a bad idea. But yeah, because there's it was almost a year before or more when the pilot went online right. before it came available to people. Yeah, because it was 2015 the pilot was available, sure. and, it, and it appeared in 2017. That's just too far. And I hope they they hope they drop that whole. I hope they drop that whole thing. Yeah. 
Um, although to be fair, I will I'll congratulate um, Mike Hale at the New York Times who who <laughs> described Patriot in his review as a show that combines some of the better aspects of Mr. Robot, Fargo, and the Americans in a comedy. <laughs> it's like wow. <laughs> he says that's overselling it a little, but not not a lot. And I think that's right. I think that's right. <laughs> Um, a lot of love for Patriot this week and this year, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave in the plus four four going to Old Blighty. Old Blighty wrote in and said, "Given his love for British TV gems, I'm wondering if Tim has come across Inside Number Nine yet from the guys behind League of Gentlemen, thirty minute anthology episodes. I suspect you might like it on Hulu and I think BritBox." I have not. Um, I would love to find that on Hulu, and I might. I was. I'm going to um, start watching. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna use BritBox because I'm next week. I'm hoping to do a full column on. Um, here are the streaming services I would use ah. uh, and rank them. You know, basically. Um, I think we know the number one on that one, but. Uh, yeah, I want to get more familiar with BritBox. So yeah, I'll look for that. I think there's been a, a number. I still want to do. I still want to check out Travelers. So ah yes, Travelers uh-huh. on Netflix. You, I, I, we all know your number one is going to be Shudder, the horror <laughs> streaming service. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or maybe not. Uh, Long time listener Yehuda from the plus four one. That's Switzerland. Uh, he wrote in to say. I realize in the era of platinum TV with so much good stuff, we can't possibly be aware of every worthwhile show to watch. Imagine my surprise when I discovered this totally inappropriate but hilarious little gem of a Hulu series called Future Man, another Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen production that reimagines a Back to the Future type storyline with tons of meta references to dozens of movies, famous movie quotes, a typically weird Ed Begley Jr., Every, yes, typically is the right word. Every time Ed Bagley Jr. appears, it's weird. I love it. It's weird. Mm-hmm. An it's adult weird. Haley Joel Osment, sadly what must have been Glenn Headley's last performance, more sex jokes than you can say, shake a stick at, absolutely the funniest parody of what James Cameron's life must be like, and so much more. 13 half-hour episodes that are perfect for binge-watching. Unless I completely missed it, I don't think you guys ever mentioned this one, but I highly recommend it, very highly, that's a lot of highlights, to your loyal listeners, Yehuda from the Plus Four One. Feinberg reviewed this. Yep. And and, po- and positively he said like it's 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 gross and puerile but it's funny. Yes, I think it was yeah, I I, I kind of remember it being a little more lukewarm than that, but maybe I'm wrong. And uh yeah, it falls under one of those things that the critics uh talk about all the kids today talk about as critics that um if you don't get to something and somebody else gets to it and you don't have to do it chances are you don't circle back you just, just it. blow it off and <laughs> and move on but yeah no i think feinberg's review was i would say it was positive i wouldn't say that it was a rave i would say it was one of those kind of like positive with a shrug kind of like yeah i mean it is basically i think what he was saying is it is what it is and if this is what you're looking for that you will get it here so yeah and i i, I definitely want to watch it. i think the yehuda's got a his own rave review there which yeah. was uh so yeah i'll, I'll, I'll watch that all right, uh, here is a good one. This is from Alan in the plus one, four, one, five. That's right. It's Nemesis Alan. Hello, Alan. Uh, and Alan says, have you folks seen the sitcom Alone Together on Freeform? For me, it's a fun surprise discovery with the snarky, snappy 30 Rock-like dialogue. I'm also enjoying Black Lightning. Uh, Alone Together? Seen it? I have not seen it. I don't think I, I found a review of it either um, on THR, so I don't know. It's just out there. Yeah, it's you know what? It's one of those ones that goes into the ether. Wow. I think we're going to be moving more towards the not everything can be reviewed world. But right. yeah, but it's good um, to hear from Alan. So maybe people want to check out a fun surprise sitcom alone together on Freeform and Black Lightning. I've heard good things about from people I know who've seen it. That's a CW superhero show. I'm kind of off them right now. But I yeah. hear that it's good mm-hmm. and that it's different from all of the four other CW superhero shows. That it's got a it's got a different spin, not just in its location, not just that it's a predominantly African American cast, but also in things like the age of the uh, of the lead and the fact that he's got some miles on him and is uh, has seen has seen a little bit more than maybe the fresh faced kids of the other shows, and has some interesting things to say about the role of a superhero in. In a world where the um, injustice is systemic, because you can't punch 
systemic injustice. It's actually really interesting. So I've heard good things about Black Lightning, yeah. but okay. I'm not. Well, there's, there's another reason. To, yeah, see, there's more. You know, I have uh, like one boss at THR. Uh, the one, the really the only one that I worry about. That's the person who controls my paycheck. So that person said to me very, uh, gave me like a snarky comment about all my, um, when I was doing the power rankings, uh, and he likes the power rankings, but didn't like the one where I wrote, here's the shows I have never seen. He <laughs> <laughs> paid, paid you to write a column about shows you hadn't watched. That's yeah. pretty, it's a pretty good gig. Are those and coming yeah, back, after by the this way? Podcast, gonna, well, yeah, I kinda, after after this podcast, why don't we, that's got to come back. Got to come back. Yeah, they they will the the yes the power rankings themselves will certainly come back, but that particular one, yeah. uh, I kind of said, well, maybe I won't do that one again. But now after this podcast, I'm thinking that it actually serves a purpose. Are you doing power rankings of the streaming services? Is that how that story's going to go, or is it going to be more you know, traditionally written? I I think that there wouldn't be a shift on those ones, so it'd be hard to to, to sustain it. But I think it'll be more of like a critic's notebook on like right. what what I think adds the most value. That's fair. Um, Matt from the 330 uh who we heard from last week and we speculated that he was far far away in iceland <laughs> or perhaps at the football hall of fame in canton ohio yeah uh matt writes in with great detail geographic detail to say sorry to disappoint but i am from the smallish city of worcester ohio feel free to count that as a win though i agree finding a great show is better he was he prompted us was it finding a great show or being relieved that you're kicking a show to the trash mm-hmm. um, i'm one of the five people who watched back thanks for the recommendation <laughs> and it was a glorious week having those episodes to look forward to on the other hand in these times of confusion you can't underestimate the relief that comes from hearing a new upcoming show is so terrible that you reduced its cast and or crew to tears <laughs> also <laughs> i have done that yet <laughs> thanks for being among the few critics to hate twin peaks <laughs> it was maddening to hear so much so many people praise it and i thoroughly enjoyed listening to you explain why it's so terrible matt from the 330 as we know worcester ohio thank you matt for the follow-up Thank Thanks, Matt. That's very, very nice. important follow-up. And we have one other bit of follow-up, which is from Becky in the O two O. That's of the plus four four. She's in London, UK. So o- oh. the O two O plus four zero two zero would be London. Uh, nice. And this is going. Can you guess what this follow-up is about, Tim? Can you guess? Uh, no. It's about cricket. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. I, mean, you, I forgot about well, cricket. Becky didn't forget. She <laughs> she remembered and she wrote in. And I'm just going to read this because this just needs to be the word needs to get out. Okay. I was pleased to hear you talking about one of my favorite programs last week, cricket. But I think something needs to be cleared up. Jason mentioned how every game in a series is always played, unlike in American sports. But that comparison is misleading. In cricket leagues around the world, playoffs are based on single matches, so series are not used to just pick a winner between the two teams in that way but international representative teams travel around the world on month-long tours or longer which eat with each game played in a different city each match is an individual event in its own right for a different set of fans this is why all matches are played despite being scored as a series also a team's ranking is based on the final series score in test cricket while each match counts separately in the shorter version so even if a series is won, those extra games are still meaningful as they contribute to the standings which determine the champion for each form of the game playing every game in a cricket series is better described as being more like when two teams in a league still play their remaining games at the end of the season even though their final position in the standings can't be changed i hope that helps you start to develop your love of cricket becky in the zero nice becky good Uh, wow i still don't understand why when they play the ashes they still make the uk play when australia has won or vice versa but maybe the, this is the answer anyway maybe the answer is they play those in different cities and and if you were in let's say adelaide and you didn't get a chance to see a game a match because they lost it already in sydney you'd be really sad but if they're like no 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 we're still gonna play in your town too you mm. feel it's like having tim for us it would be like buying tickets i did this once i bought tickets to game seven of the world series of uh, when the a's were in the american league championship series they didn't actually get to the world series that year but it was that feeling of like this ticket will probably not not be used, right? It would be right. a very particular circumstance where it would be used. And it would be like if they came up to me and said, you know what? We're going to take your money anyway and play that game. <laughs> but it won't matter because we'll have already lost. 
So anyway, Becky, wow. thank you for the cricket info uh, uh, here on the cricket chat device. Yes. Cricket chat device. I'm going to defer to, to Becky with the good hair because I think that she knows a lot about uh, cricket. So I, yep. whatever she says, I'm going to go. I know that you still appear to be annoyed by that, but I, I'm going to go. With I, Becky. I get I you know appealing to a sports nerd's uh, need to fill the chart right to, to yes. com- complete the, the entire table. thing, even if mm-hmm. you have two two teams that are out of it, and and it's the, the you know it's the Padres. And the uh, what's another team that I can choose to run down here? The Padres and the Marlins are playing on September thirtieth, right? Like nobody cares that that game is going on, right? Why? Why do you even play it? And the answer is the integrity of the game. And yes. they sold tickets in Miami or San Diego to a few thousand people who are willing to come and Make say goodbye to their terrible mm-hmm. team. So yeah. you, you play the game anyway. The integrity of the sport. So I get it. it. Run it out. I get yes. it on that way. I just, I guess, I was picturing some of these major international test matches as being like uh, more like, uh, you know, we're just going to play here until it's over, and then it's over, and you know, <laughs> then we're going to continue to play. But this makes more sense. So, all right, you know, this this conversation it. has sparked me to make a vow. Yep, I'll, and then do this on the air here to never Ether. watch cricket. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I am going. You know, I I took up. I I started watching soccer more. Uh, like when my son was totally into soccer and I wanted to learn more about it because I never played the game. I never could figure it out, never was interested. Then I became totally fascinated with Uh it and I like lived with it and I loved it more than baseball. And then he, you know, I kind of just fell out of that one and now he's he's retired basically. He's no longer (laughs) playing, you know, weirdly. Uh, I am going to adopt a sport that, uh, and I encourage anybody else from, uh, out there listening, uh, to the, TV cricket podcast to toss out what they would pick. I'm going to go with one of my old favorites that I love every time I watch it. My, I had an old roommate who watched it all the time. And now I'm going to, after this podcast, set my television to record any Formula One race. That's going to be my new sport, Formula One. It doesn't do it for me, but I'd rather watch cricket. To be honest, <laughs> I, I kind of like cricket. Okay, now we're setting that. Everybody's taking sides. Oh, yeah. Come on, ride in, everybody, with yeah. your obscure sport. Okay. F1, F1. How about uh, okay. hurling? Do you know what hurling is? I'm going to hurl if I have to talk about cricket. <laughs> hurling is, I think it's Irish. Boy, people are going to be angry. Oh, yes, I know what it is. And I, it's, yeah. it, right? It's, it's when insane. people run around. It's sort of like soccer, except everybody hits each other with sticks. Yeah, hurling is basically, it's basically a sport masquerading as hooliganism. That's what that is. It's very violent. Yeah. I mean, there's I a ball, but there's also that. everybody's got a stick and they hit each other with the sticks. Yeah. And then you can hurl that ball at people's heads and like, it's not even a foul. Yeah. There's Australian rules football. Yeah. I like that too. The rules are that there are no rules. But Australia Because drop bears. That's why. Yeah. I think <laughs> Australia has been, we're just going to put them in the penalty box. Yeah. They're just. All right. <laughs> no, they're off, with, they're off uh, base. With some sort of poisonous snake probably in the yes, box. Yes. No doubt. All right. Well, uh, people can write in <laughs> at TVTM on Twitter. Yeah, I love how that ended. What else? I ran out of sort of weird sports dimension, so we might as well end it up. Right? Like, like, we, Columbo. No, that was like the reverse. We, that was the reverse <laughs> Columbo, where nobody wanted to interrupt anyone else, so we just sat was, there and was like, "All right, well, that was genius." It was end. like, "Well, I guess we're done talking about uh, F one." I so. guess. <laughs> I guess the podcast is over. This podcast is over. TVTM on Twitter is a great way to reach us. Podcast at tvtalkmachine.com also a great way to reach us. Facebook.com slash tvtalk machine another way to reach us less great i didn't look there this week because i ran out of time but hi hi to facebook we still love you even though facebook doesn't and uh, that's it tim uh a pleasure as always have a good weekend okay talk to you later bye everybody (laughs) 